more dog. Hello and welcome to Lore Dump, the show where we take someone who hasn't played a game and walk them through the full story. <laughs> That's the opening. I changed it previously and uh, to make it less complicated. In fact, I made it more complicated for myself. But you don't care about that. What you care about is the fact that I am Monty Zander and I'm joined by Neil. Hello. And Chase. Baby, 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 egg, etc. <laughs> I thought you were going to do peaches, peaches. Um, so. No, I, I was I was trying to desperately Google the entire his transcript before you got to me, but you got to me too fast. Sorry. If we want to restart, I can go, you are a worm through time. The thunder song distorts you. Happiness comes. Orange peel. Orange peel. Mm. Um, actually, it's white pearls. Please get it right. I'm really glad that you're actually kicking us off with the hiss incantation because we are going to learn where that came from. Oh, why? Oh, yes. Should we should we introduce what we're doing today first? Yes, that, Sorry. That <laughs> so if you're if this for some reason is your first uh, Lord Up video, um, we interesting are, place to jump in on a DLC. We're here for it. We we are very much here for it. Don't worry if this is your first time. Feel free to jump in here. But I do recommend you go back and watch. So we have covered uh, the Remedy Verse, not including Max Payne. So we started at Alan Wake. We covered the Alan Wake DLC, American Nightmare, Quantum Break, Control, the Control's first expansion, the Foundation, and now our finally on the final piece of Remedy content we're going to get before Alan Wake 2 comes out, which is AWE. Aww. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, for context, uh, both Neil and Chase do not know anything about what I'm about to describe to you, do you? I know that Jesse, or excuse me, Jeff is going to be in it. Jeff, yes. Chase is still yes. convinced that Jesse is in fact a combination of this original character for Control and Beth Wilder, which is the character that Courtney Hope, the actor, plays in Quantum Break, he thinks they're going to be combined. I'll be telling you from day one that's not the case, and that's not going to change. So. I think that there is. I, I think that they are parallel dimension forms of each other. Hmm. So tell us, tell us a bit of backstory on this DLC, Monty. When did this come out? I don't really want to give you any backstory in this. <laughs> All right. Okay. All I'm going to tell you. Monty just said, "F you." I'm not going to tell you much about this. We're just going to jump straight into it. I don't want to waste any time. All right, we've got a lot to cover, and I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's kind of this is the thing I've been building to the. I get that sense. Ravenous. You are practically rubbing your hands together. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. Why is this me with half the Kingdom Hearts games? You were. I think at some point yesterday, Monty mentioned to me that like. This was his Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, this is like a that you you. I get yeah. the sense as someone who has only sat in the passenger seat for both of your ten years in charge of this of hosting this podcast. I can tell when you get to a point where you're sort of frothing at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That is absolutely true. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's like a heightened energy in the room right now. I oh, oh. I now know what I'm naming this uh, this audio file. <laughs> Monty froths at the mouth. So okay, well I, I don't. I'm not actually going to froth at the mouth. I'm not going to talk. I just want you two to describe what you're looking at when I put the title of the expansion oh, on screen. I know exactly what I'm going to say because it looks like an Alan Wake. Yeah. It looks like the Alan Wake logo. Yeah, it is. Oh, wait, really? It is, Alan Wake it is, is, it is Alan Wake. <laughs> I didn't even so what know we've, what we've got is, for anyone listening along, we've got the letters A-W-E, which we know from the context of Control is Altered World Event. In the past, I think we talked about an Alan Wake experience being A-W-E. Now, what we've got in this, you've got the letters. The top half of these letters are coloured with the Alan Wake fog and forest. It's an actual picture uh, filled in by the letters with Alan Wake and his flashlight and his gun standing in the middle of the forest at Bright Falls. The bottom half is Jesse sort of floating or flying through a red 
very controlly looking background. Yeah. This is a full on crossover, isn't it? This is it. This is we got the confirmation that Alan Wake exists in the same universe as Control during the base game. This is where Remedy starts to establish formally its Remedy verse. Okay. So you ready? Yeah. I'm I'm way more ready than I thought I'd be. I'm very I'm, excited. I'm ready for Beth to appear. No Beth. Ignore Quantum Break. It's not relevant anymore. Jeff. It Stop doesn't matter. You know, the worst game in the series. <laughs> I like. Hey, no, look, no, no. Quantum Break is better than American Nightmare, all right? Excuse <laughs> you? I don't consider American Nightmare. Actually, game. on the note of American Nightmare, I was going to do clarifications at the end, but I know you want to jump into AWE, but I've got some clarifications that are going to be kind of important for you to understand as we go. I need to go back to American Nightmare for a sec, because I was clearly very adult-juiced, which is the name that we give uh, certain types of adult beverages, because we can't say them because we'll get demonetized. So I kind of need to cover them now with you, because I was very adult-juiced and I cocked up a lot during the American Nightmare episode. Yeah. Can we just go back to American Nightmare for a sec? Yeah. So American Nightmare is the Alan Wake expansion, uh, very important. But there's a few things I think I want to be kind of quite clear on. So. Clarification number one uh, was the Muse thing. We covered that in Kasabian. If you go back to that episode, I ranted about Muse. Turned out it was Kasabian the whole time. And then last night, I googled what the guy from Kasabian did. And, oh dear. Yeah, so, bad guy. Yeah, real bad, bad guy. guy. Real real bad guy. Um, so, yeah. But clarification two is a bit more important. So, American Nightmare does have manuscript pages. It's just, I didn't choose to share them with you because generally they are not very important or interesting, like, at all. Alan thinking about, like, how Barry and Alice didn't get along. You knew this already. Or describing in gruesome detail the monsters he fights in the DLC. It doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's all that sort of thing. But there are two manuscript pages which are important that I completely forgot about and I kind of need to tell you about. So, manuscript page number one from American Nightmare. The only reason we're covering this is because this is going to be the last Remedy Verse video until Alan Wake 2 comes out, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So, manuscript page number one, quote, I've seen the enemy, and it's me. I've faced dark horrors before, things that live in the unimaginable pressures of the world beyond our own. Sometimes they masquerade as humans. That's what ultimately lurks inside Mr. Scratch. He's every mean-spirited tabloid story about me. An evil caricature, a creature formed in that vague territory of misconceptions, half-truths, and the dark imagination of people who, quote, heard a story about me. Collective unconsciousness. Collective unconsciousness. An urban legend made flesh, a serial killer. My dark half brought to life by the power of Cauldron Lake. So when we talked about Mr. Scratch in American Nightmare, I was saying that I think that's what Mr. Scratch believes himself to be. He is all these horrible tabloid stories made flesh. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't certain if that's his origin. My bad. I completely forgot about these manuscripts despite having read them and played so American Alan Nightmare. Alan thinks that's what he is. Alan thinks that's what he is too. And to be honest, I think it's fa fairly fair to say. So, probably, so probably not Thomas Zane wearing his face. Possibly well, not. Probably a, an entity created out of this, we know things can be created in this melange of bloody oh, oops and oohs. Um, go back and listen to the previous ones. Oops um, and oohs and thresholds well, and trench like, portals we, and th this is this is everyone's fe fears and lies and gossip about him and possibly his own fears about himself made manifest. Yes, but I've got a second manuscript that's going to talk about Mr. Scratch again. Oh, so, yes. so Mr. Scratch going to appear in this DLC? He's not. That's okay. important. Don't get your hypes up for Mr. Scratch. I'm not just saying that. It's just I want to be clear on this if yeah. this is our last video. Oh, so yeah. manuscript page number two. It is obvious that for all of his power, Mr. Scratch is an agent of another greater being. 
The dark place he came from is full of terrible alien intelligences, dark presences, and none of them should be let loose in our world. He serves one of them. He'll open the way for them if I don't stop him. But he'll do more. He'll take over my life. He already has my face. He already uses my name. He'll become Alan Wake in every way imaginable and corrupt everything unless I can stop him. So with our knowledge about control being in the same universe and that there's many entities out there, Mr. Mr. Scratch is a harbinger for some... He's like an avatar of one of the, the freaking cosmic horror Lovecraftian things that's, that lives parallel to our reality. I think it's important to know that that doesn't change the way we understand Mr. Scratch as a guy. He's just a serial killer who has Alan Wake's face. He has his own, he has his own kind of motivations. He's been created a certain way and with a certain set of inputs and there's reasons why he's been created. But he is still... Uh, Freaking serial killer who wants to steal Alan's life. And I still think that is his primary motivation. Yeah. The bringing through of another being is just a secondary thing for yeah, him. Yeah. But I think that's important. We don't get a name for this entity, but I think that's important. So Ooh. when Mrs. Crash told us he was shaped by cruel tabloid stories written by about Alan, he was telling the truth, it seems. I was doubting that at the time. I just forgot these pages existed. But Cauldron Lake did not create him. It's like he existed almost like ethereally and then the Cauldron Lake let him be birthed, if that makes sense, as Alan. Uh, He is an entity, or at least was an entity that lived in the dark place serving another entity. The tabloids just molded him into what he is now. Also, when we talk about some of the stories that the lake likes, it's worth me flagging that the hero's journey crops up time and time again with Alan Wake stuff. But I'm going to hold off on that for now and we're going to talk about that at the end of this episode. Okay, we're going to go straight back into AWE and I'm going to tell you the full story. So, Let's get hyped for AWE. Now they're all on the same page, now that I've made my clarifications, I'm sorry for getting it wrong. As always, do keep me right in the comments, that's Absolutely. what they're there for. So AWE opens with a familiar voice. Alan Wake speaks to Jesse through the elevator. She hears his voice, and we see him typing his typewriter. Almost the same sort of way that the hotline calls happen, so he's able to communicate with her via the hotline. Okay. Darkness engulfed the elevator, Alan Wake says. There was something there, a presence. Jesse Faden could hear it, a call. It was faint, reaching for her from a dark place. Faden was sensitive to visitations. She had them all the time, from her guiding star and the previous director. She was the perfect receiver, as if she'd been made for this. Faden paused to feel it, the force at play here. It was changing things around her, subtle, tried to make her act. Faden didn't like that. Her guide felt it too. Polaris didn't flare up in defense as with the hiss, so it wasn't all bad. Not a hostile transmission. It was powerful, but it came from far away and made weak because of the distance. It was a distress call. Faden sensed a drowning man, a man desperate to escape. She sensed something else too, a hunger in the dark, waiting. She knew that desperate acts could have grim consequences. It was this, more than the man's despair, that made her follow the call. The elevator lights went back on. The darkness receded like a memory. There was a new button on the elevator control panel. Investigation sector. How the hell does Alan know Jesse? Alan is sort of omnipotent in a lot of ways, isn't Why? he? Yes. Why? So did Alan create Jesse? Well, Alan has didn't, Alan, Alan Alan didn't create Jesse, but Alan has created a button on an elevator by writing about cool. it. Cool, but that still means either Alan created Jesse, and that's how he knows, or Alan just, just somehow magically knows about Alan this does, person he's never Al, met. Alan does know stuff about people he hasn't met. Alan did not create Jesse Chase. Okay, that's fine. How does he know about Jesse? 
He's omnipotent. He's in the dark place and it has tendrils through everything. The dark place operates. We've already we've already seen him see people that he's never seen before. Yes, remember he wrote about like how Rusty was in love with Rose in Alan Wake. He knows bits. Alan Wake, think about it like a chessboard, right? Alan can't create a new piece to put on the chessboard. He can't create Jesse, but what he can do is he can move the queen forwards a space. Okay, so you go there. You can I, nudge things in the right. I want to. I want to go on a slightly different track here. I love this. The 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 framing of this scene. His his writing being the description of her thoughts. Mm. Fantastic, and also it bodes well for Alan and in Alan Wake too that he's managed to connect with the most powerful supernatural yeah. uh, organization on the planet, um, and and its leader. That's uh, probably a pretty good. Good decision by him. We will explore this relationship more as we continue. I'm very curious if we know that they already have a, a research station mm-hmm. at Cauldron Lake. Were they aware that, at, like, was anybody in the Bureau already trying to get Alan out? No, 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 no. This is the first time Alan has ever made contact, direct contact they, with the FBC. Because they dredged the lake and there was nobody found. Nobody found. So they aren't aware that the lake is a threshold. Uh, no, no, they're, they no, they, they know are. the lake is a threshold. They just don't know what happens. They don't know where you go. And I and my suspicion is the lake can be to most people just a lake. Mm. Like people, people locals probably go swimming in there and shit. Like it's it's got to also be just a lake. But at well, the same time, they do specifically mention during its activation several yes, times. Yes, yes. Yeah, So yeah, it's, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah, like it's yeah. it's not that it's two specific people, but rather during specific times. And yeah. we know from Alan Wake, to be fair, that the lake is almost like it wakes up when the dark presence inside it senses an artist. Ah, uh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so it kind of goes like, whoa, get the lake ready, lads. We're grabbing another artist to release it. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, this, yeah. this, 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 this lake, lake is, is sort of cook. one of these sort of anti-intellectual, anti-artistic dictators. It's sort of the Nikolai Ceausescu of lakes. Sure, that's a reference I don't understand, don't but we'll go with it. Okay, don't look him up. It's very sad. So Jesse is looks at the investigations button that's just kind of magically appeared. It's almost like she, it was always there, but she just kind of never saw it before. Um, so she's like, oh, OMG, new part of the oldest house. Can't wait to get my explorer on. Wonder who this wake guy is. That's weird. Hope he's not the punching type. Anyway, let's go. He very and... much is. <laughs> so she's off. Um, it's if... sort of the standard greeting for Alan, isn't yes. it? If you didn't get that reference, go back and listen to our Alan Wake episode. He likes to punch. It's a good so episode. regardless, uh, she's away and uh, she gets down to investigations. And when she arrives, it's in complete darkness. Shadows around every corner. It's not just the hiss that's down here now. The dark presence <gasps> has broken into the FBC. Damn. There are no survivors, just shambling hiss corpses screaming at us. So the hiss is down here, but also the dark presence. Oh, no. So we find like globular bits of darkness, you know, just like Alan did in Alan Wake. As we explore the abandoned office spaces and cubicles using nearby emergency lights to burn away the darkness. Oh, we do need, I was just about to ask, does she need to use a torch? Yes, so there's emergency, she doesn't use a torch, she gets emergency lights and she like uses launch to like hold it and then you need to like focus it on, oh, on the, cool. it's very cool. In it's a very control way. Yes, yeah. it, it, it still feels yeah, like control, but it's a clever like meshing of the two mechanics. It's all very well put together, this expansion. So she, she burns away the darkness, just as Alan did all those years ago in Bright Falls. And Jessie's left with one clear impression while she's down here. Something very, very bad clearly happened here that wasn't the hiss. There was a containment breach, we learn. The investigation sector was underfunded, understaffed, and the head of investigations, a man called William Kirkland, straight up resigned because of the stress. Have we heard that name before? You have. Kirkland was the guy that wrote about the Bright Falls, AW, the memos about mm, Bright Falls in the base it. game are from him. Okay. And, they they were were the ones, and they're the Bright ones Falls. with the research station there, the investigations department. Absolutely. I am, I've, I've got to feel sorry for any residual hiss 
who came through as part of an invasion, got cut off, are just wandering around, and they've wandered into here, and there is another evil interdimensional presence that has taken over the... What I will say, as a little teaser, you're going to find out what happens when the Dark Presence and the Hiss combine. It's very cool. They're besties. No, they're not. Uh, So, yeah. So... William Kirkland, the head of investigation, straight up resigned. God knows where he is. We don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but he's gone. He's thing. in Watery, Wisconsin. <laughs> Watery, Washington. Maybe. So the whole thing was basically shut down and blocked off. That's why the button was almost invisible to Jesse. It, mm. The oldest house believed that it wasn't relevant to her because there's no one down here. So screw it. Uh, so at the entrance to investigations, Jesse finds two very interesting memos. This one is called Staffing Issues. It reads, Mr. Dennis... So yes, there is an increase in AWE cases. And yes, it would be a good idea to put together a special task force to examine exactly why that is. However, it seems that a tiny little detail has slipped through the cracks. We don't have the goddamn staff. If you expect us to detect, investigate, and process more AWE cases, you need to give us more people. It is simple maths. Between the staff we lost in the Hartman thing and the one, yeah, and the one who left for other departments after Kirkland quit, we are barely managing to keep up with the workload. They're aware of Hartman, it seems. Don't know what the Hartman thing is right now. Presumably, last we saw, Dark Presence was loose in a room with Hartman. That seems like an AWE, maybe. This memo is very interesting. This one is called Casey Inquiry. Okay. Mr. Dennis. As in Alex Casey. As in Alex Casey. A request came through recently from an FBI agent asking for all of our files on Bright Falls, specifically on the disappearance of the author Alan Wake. I'm writing to let you know that we received this request from a special agent named Alex Casey. Sounds familiar, right? That's because Alex Casey is the name of the fictional detective (laughs) in those hard-boiled crime books Alan Wake wrote. Pretty interesting that an FBI agent sharing a name with the most famous character Wake ever wrote is looking into a case dealing with a writer's fiction coming true. I think this is worth looking into, but what's your opinion? Just give me the word and I'll start surveillance on the guy. Special Investor... Sorry. <laughs> From Special Investigator Gleason. I do think it's interesting knowing, uh, having seen the Alan Wake 2 trailer, mm. and seeing that Sam Lake is... Sam Lake is Alex Casey. Oh, sorry, you said Alan Wake 2 trailer. Do you mean the return thing that we get in Quantum Break? I, I do. Is that not considered an Alan Wake 2 trailer? Okay, well... The Return trailer starring Sam Lake as Alex Casey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which now makes me wonder if those, if also Sam Lake and other person investigating them on a pin board, were those meant to be bureau, FBC agents? Possibly. I think it's, I think it's on, on, on a, on the main level is a fun reference to the fact that Alan Wake was the face of their most famous detective in their first big game. But yeah, who you can't you can't ever undervalue the kind of meta stuff going on in this universe. Really important to note that I would argue that every single memo is canon and important in control. Little things, the Easter egg of like the return trailer is what kind of whatever you can read into it, not read into it. This is important. All we need to know from this is that someone is walking around claiming their FBI agent Alex Casey, yeah. just like the book that in I our know, world. In our world, which potentially 
is one of Alan's many failed attempts to escape. Maybe he created Casey because he needed a hero to come and rescue him. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But that's what we get. Alex Casey seems to exist in the world of Control and Alan Wake. The more I think about it, the more tragic it is that as someone who's always considered themselves a half-decent writer, Mm. you spent ten years with the belief that you've not written a story good enough to solve your problem. That can't be easy for an artist, right? Like... (laughs) I love Alan Wake. If only he had Torn Odin down there, they'd probably write him a song he gets him out in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're it, busy in, in Valhalla retirement. Home. They're, 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 they're fine. Yeah, they're drinking mead. Yeah, yeah they're good. Ah. So it turns out that investigations have been focusing less and less on general altered world events and more and more on Bright Falls, specifically Cauldron Lake. So nothing weird has been noted yet, except that raccoons are acting a little funny in the Bright Falls woods. Investigations wasn't really supposed to just be focusing on Bright Falls, though. It was set up to investigate staff for inappropriate behavior in the FBC, oh. right? So, so it they was, were HR. They were HR, basically. Um, or internal investigations. They were internal investigations, but they were also, like, j- just general AWEs. They weren't supposed to be that important, but, like, more AWEs have been cropping up for some reason, which has meant that they've been stretched. And if anything, the Bright Falls stuff, they keep coming back to Bright Falls because weird stuff keeps happening there. Mm. So, uh so, but specifically what they've been focusing on, and this is why they've been getting stretched, and this potentially might be very important, either for Alan Wake 2 or Control 2. Criminal groups that had come into contact with altered items and objects of power have been getting investigated. Oh. Yeah. So it's not just the FBC who are aware of OOPs and AWEs and stuff. There are criminal groups who do. For example, here's a memo called Power Criminal Profile, The Blessed Organization. So they've got a term for them, power criminals. Mm. This group slash individual has operated outside of the Bureau's notice for decades, perhaps longer, displaying a level of skill and caution rarely seen in power criminal groups. A review of past cases has found various mentions of their activity over the years. For example, in 2016, a production company called Blessed Pictures was connected to an altered item case, as well as the death of an agent from exposure to illicit paranatural materials. Mm. In 1994, a Los Angeles-based public speaker named Chester Bless was involved with the illegal use of an altered item. In 1988, a business called Blessed Repair and Service was suspected of involvement with an object of power case, perhaps even creating it. None of these businesses or individuals have ever been located. However, their connection to appearances of altered items and objects of power is too direct to be considered circumstantial. An arrest order has been issued for any persons believed to be involved with the Blessed Organization. Mm. So that is like a full-blown criminal enterprise that is working against the FBC. So that's important. Yeah, well, not, not working philosophically against the no, uh, no, no, no. but they are stealing items and using them for for sort of gang criminal stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Cool. The Blesseds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could argue perhaps, and this is pure theory territory, but I'm just tossing it out there now, that probably Mr. Scratch knows about Oops. And maybe he's out there getting his Oops together and creating AWEs. Who knows? Getting his Oops together. All I'm saying is, like, we know that there is, like, an evil, malevolent force out there actively just going on a rampage. And investigations have seen an increase in AWEs. There is one that we know about. We know about yes. two. We know about two major, like, right. Basically, our two main characters are only two main characters that we know are in the same world. Mm. That therefore are only two connections to AWEs have both had an evil entity avatar come into the world. That's to how Christ. How many are there? Like over the world, this yeah. is both relatively local in America 
How many are there? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's also, I would like to point out, I, I, I would assume if these were reoccurring things, we would have seen them two in like 20 years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so so I, I think I think that Blessed is going to become a thing in Control 2. This is why I'm picking this one to show you. Yeah, cool. But there are others, but Blessed, there's other memos about Blessed. It's also a good excuse to get you out of the oldest house. Not that I think you need to, because as I covered in the last video, good thing about the oldest house is it can look like however you want if you want to keep things fresh. But if we're going to fight, you know, Blessed in other locations potentially... Yeah. Yeah, I think Blessed might become important in Control 2. Not Alan Wake 2, but Control 2. Anyway, so, Jessie journeys on until she eventually finds a light switch leading to the Ocean View Motel. And when she pulls it, something different happens. Mm. And this is when it gets really good, guys. Right. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Oh, I'm frothing. I'm frothing. <laughs> Do we know each other? <gasps> Alan's voice echoes out of one of the rooms Sorry, in the about. motel. The with room. a swirly on the back. Yeah, it's the spiral. Yep. It's, it's the room with the spiral on the door. So Jessie walks through, and in a cutscene, we see her almost like lean her ear to it, and then we go through the door, and we see this cutscene I'm describing to you right awesome. now. So Alan is there, and he goes, Do we know each other? I feel... This feels familiar. I can't seem to... I've forgotten. I'm sorry. I'm... Uh, my name is Alan Wake. And he's he's speaking to this 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 figure oh. here. He's, he's And Alan is vulnerable, I think oh. is the best way to describe him right now. His His mind is all over the shop. He's like, do we know each other? What's happening? And then we see this figure steps out into the light. And we see Alan, a disheveled, scraggly man, a mess, standing in a colorless room with a man that looks, that's Alan Wake, speaking to a man that looks just like him. Younger Alan Wake. Yeah, clean-looking Alan Wake. Not a mess. So, scraggly Alan Wake, clean-looking Alan Wake. And Alan's introducing himself to him. Who are you? Alan asks. Do I know you? Any guesses as to who this might be? Well, I mean, the only other person we've seen with Alan's face is Scratch. However, I don't know. Scratch is out there doing his thing. This could be... The problem is this could be literally anything, because Alan has presumably written infinite bloody variations of stories. He doesn't know what's real or not. I'm your friend Tom. Tom Zane. There's nothing to worry about, the man says. Okay. So he looks like Alan Wake, but he's claiming he's Thomas Zane. Okay. And then Alan's like, Tom, the poet, the the diver, you look different. And Tom replies, that was just a role, uh, a, a character, the protagonist I played in my old film. I'm a filmmaker, an auteur like yourself. We're working on this together, remember? An artistic collaboration. And Alan says nothing. He looks hazy. His head begins to hurt. And then Tom goes, <laughs> I know what you need, a drink. And he goes and he picks up a whiskey. And he starts pouring his whiskey. Oh, sorry, an adult juice. Uh, and he, he hands it to him. A 40% Scottish adult juice. Mm. So we, we cut away for a second. We're still inside this room, but there's a television off screen almost. And we, we see the TV screen. And we see a television flicker into life momentarily. The Night Springs logo flashes on screen. And then, most importantly of all, it flashes one more time for a split second. Blink and you miss it. And what you see is Casper Darling. Oh! Live action Casper Darling, and he's just, he's doing the ooh from one of his PSAs. It was just, it's almost like we see his PSA for a second, because he was like, ooh, and then it, it cuts away. You don't even see anything else, but that's wow. important. I, I don't know if that's important, but it, it's worth it. It's definitely important, isn't it? Um, so yeah, and then the TV shuts off. Kippus, Tom says, handing Alan a glass, which is the Finnish version of Cheers. Oh. So why is Tom speaking Finnish? I don't know. 
Alan drinks. We're whatever. sorry. Do we know where Tom's from originally? Because we know he came to America in the sixties. We don't. But what? But you're good. It's a really good point there, Neil. So yeah, in the interview with the psychiatrist Jesse and the psychiatrist, the, the the interviewer says, "Oh, an Eastern European filmmaker came." I don't. I'm, oh, okay. Or sorry, well, no, because no, Finnish isn't Eastern Europe. I don't even know she says Eastern. I might be wrong, but she says European filmmaker. Okay, so, right, but regardless, good. this guy's speaking Finnish. So, as he goes, Kibbis, he's from Watery. Yeah. <laughs> so Alan drinks like whatever is inside the glass, whatever Tom pours into the glass, and he chokes, and then he's like, <clears throat> and then he goes, Ugh! and then his head hurts again, and he flashes for a sec. We don't see what he sees, but he sees something, and he goes, endless darkness, and he's wincing, and he's confused, and then he just kind of mutters to himself, like, nothing holds still. We're very close now, Tom said. Zane says, "You've been writing. We found a way to escape. It'll work this time." Writing. Alan asks. No, you found a way, Zane says. And Alan's like, wait, there's something I... My double, he's out there, I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zane waves it away. He's so uninterested in any mention of Mr. Scratch. And he goes, nothing to worry about. I'm dealing with him. It's fine, my friend. Let me handle him. You've met him? Alan sees clearly for a second... And then he throws his glass against the wall in anger. He's like, what the hell? And he like starts stomping. Classic Alan. Classic Alan. Flies off the handle. <laughs> and, and Zane like take, holds his hands up and he goes, now, now, come on. You, you misunderstand me. And then the scene cuts away. Back to Jessie. She's watched the whole interaction like through the keyhole of the door. But now Alan seems like he's gone from the room. It's almost like the, the room is like cloaked in darkness from her. She, she can't see anymore. Okay. There's no sound coming from it either. Wake and Zane have vanished. And Jesse is like, how is the Alan Wake, the famous writer? He disappeared years ago. It was all over the news back then. Weird. Wait, he, he disappeared wow. years ago. I thought that Scratch has been out there impersonating him. Yeah, but he's been kind of like under the radar Scratch. Uh, the, Scratch isn't yeah. living Alan's life. Mm. I thought he was because I thought well, that, that Scratch was, was with Alice. No, no, no. Scratch, Scratch, Scratch is threatened s- to be yeah. with Alice, but I think he's got a more malignant purpose, doesn't he? He's if not really fussed about being a writer and being. Then why is he using Alan's face? To well, escape. Just, just to mess around. Just to mess with Alan. Just because he's an evil sod. But he's not, he's not married to Alice. He's not living with Alice. He's watching Alice from like afar. Killing people, like, in the streets at night, Patrick Bateman style. Well, um, you say Patrick Bateman, what it always puts me in mind of is the Corinthian from The Sandman, uh, Neil, yes. Gaiman, Neil Gaiman's character, which anyone's not familiar. Christ, go and read or listen to or watch the TV show, because it's just the best thing ever. It is. Jason, talking to you. Um, the Corinthian is a dream created by Morpheus, the dream lord, um, who he creates as a, as a nightmare to help humans in their dreams, to, to help teach them things. But while dream is imprisoned, the Corinthian, who is a sort of murderous, serial killery nightmare, escapes uh, from the sort of dreamscape and goes into the world and becomes a real serial killer and inspires other killers and has to be taken down and is a very kind of suave, murderous guy. Uh, and it always, scratch, always reminds me of the Corinthian. Yes, but what's important for this scene? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Tyrator! <laughs> to go back to Alan Wake and Thomas Zane, because this is arguably the most important scene we've ever gotten regarding Alan Wake since the first game came out, I would argue. Yeah. Is A, Thomas Zane is referring to himself as a filmmaker, if this is in fact Thomas Zane, but I believe it is. Second, Thomas Zane looks like Alan Wake for some reason, God knows why. And third, and finally, 
particularly the just like in Alan Wake, Thomas Zane is like, don't worry about Mr. Scratch, dude, he's fine. But we know Mr. Scratch totally is not fine. That's very <laughs> suspicious. Very suspicious. The first time he's like, don't worry about him, it's Mr. Scratch, don't worry about it, we'll just get back to the main plot. This time he's like, yeah, 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 I'm handling it, don't worry. What the hell is he handling? He's stuck in the dark place just like Alan. So... How is this working? So regardless, we're gonna move on, but I just, that's very important and very, very key. So uh, as Jessie journeys on, uh, she gets a call from Alan on the hotline. She's gonna get a few of these and there's some pretty key stuff in here. So Dr. Emil Hartman was desperate, Alan writes. The Federal Bureau of Control had stolen his life's work. This was his last chance, his final experiment. Do you remember Emil Hartman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but we, Can you explain we... for the sake of the listeners? Chase, do you want to take this one? He was the psychiatrist at the lodge. Yes. Nasty, nasty bloke. Not, not a nice guy. And nope. uh, and tried to convince Alan that everything he'd experienced was uh, sort of a, a hallucination in his mind due to mental illness, due to mm. trauma. Yeah. And Alan eventually watched him, you know, quite satisfied as he was eaten by the darkness. But when are we to understand that the FBC took his material? Before oh, or after? Yes. Okay, also, so what because it has to be on? after, right? We'll, we'll find out what he's working on, but what I will say is it has to be after, I think. And so second to that is, die. you kind of have to just, yeah, the game never explicitly tells us what the hell went on in that room. Yeah. But the understanding is that the darkness, like, maybe it ravaged him a bit, but it didn't kill him. And then it left him for reasons unknown. Probably, maybe because the Dark Presence was just like, okay, cool, I know, I get a sense from you that you're evil, you know, like me, something like that. But for whatever reason, the darkness left him alone. And you kind of have to go with that to get anything out of what's about to happen next. I'm afraid. The Federal Bureau Control had stolen Emil Hartman's life's work. This was his last chance, his final experiment. What he'd been too scared to do before. Hartman dove into the lake. He was taken. Devoured by hungry darkness. Numbed. Became the thing. <laughs> became the thing that had been Hartman. Only an echo of him remained, fragmented impulses on autoplay, violent, bloodthirsty darkness in the driver's seat. Emerging from the lake, the thing was captured by the FBC, brought in, contained, studied. Oh. The darkness. Hartman, a corrupted, oh. the, a corrupted, taken version of Hartman was captured by the FBC when he came out of the lake. Awesome. The thing broke loose, killed everyone it could. The FBC fell back and sealed the sector. The thing was alone in the dark, lurking, roaming, waiting. Oh, no. And then something else came. Are we going to fight Hartman in this DLC? No, then something else came. Something else came. So Hartman's taken, he's a darkness, you know, like Carl Stucky, like Carl Stucky. He's like just repeating phrases. Is the other thing the hiss? Something else came. Not darkness, but similar enough. A sound, a resonance. It shouldn't be a surprise. If there's one, why not another? The darkness inside the thing could have been immune, could have resisted, fought, could have been passed by, passed through with no effect, but it didn't and it wasn't. Maybe it had grown weaker over time, not aged, it was timeless, but weaker with no link to its source. A metamorphosis followed. The thing that had been Hartman went through a change. A third thing. Mm. So yes, guys, uh, the hiss attacked and became one with a taken Hartman. Well, we're going to fight that, aren't we? 
Jesse passes through the Ocean View Motel and journeys deeper into the investigation sector. Why did Wake want me to come here, she wonders, scouring the shadows for monsters. The oldest house has gotten a little wild down here, as if it's purposefully shifted and reshaped itself to try and keep out the dark presence. She fights the hiss, burns away the darkness blocking her path, and keeps exploring. She finds documents telling us how the FBC arrested Hartman for, quote, kidnapping altered individuals and obstructing bureau investigations. So this is before Hartman was taken. So I guess that makes sense because he had Tornode and he had yeah. Wake. Yeah. Assumedly, there's potentially implication that the rest of the people in his lodge were at least minor levels of power utilitarian, probably. Before he was taken, they brought him in, robbed him of his medical license, seized all of his property, specifically the lodge. They took his home from him, his office, his big facility. They took that from him. And uh, so they brought him in for questioning. We hear a tape recording that the FBC confiscated from Hartman. A recording he made all the way back in Alan Wake 1, in episode 4, when Alan was under a sedative before he came in to speak to him. Which means I get to do my Hartman voice again. <laughs> he says, So the FBC won't let me be, or let me be me, so let me see. They try to shut me down on AWEs, but it'd be so empty without me. Thank you. That's, yeah. Cut that. <laughs> do not cut that. <laughs> Keeping that in. Um, so anyway, so, so we hear the tape recording, and on the tape recording we hear Hartman's voice, and he says... My understanding of the darkness is fragmented, incomplete. This abyss, this void, it very much does not wish to be understood. If light symbolizes knowledge, then it stands to reason that darkness would equate to ignorance. By its very nature, it abhors comprehension. Of course, my own nature drives me to comprehend it all. We are opposing forces destined to collide, and given this conflict of natures, we know that the light of truth will burn away the darkness, both figuratively and oh, literally. No. And then there are the artists. I know for a fact that Tom, Wake, the Anderson brothers, and Lane all had some involvement with the darkness. The question is whether their uncanny ability to affect reality through their art beckons the darkness, or did the work perhaps even create it? With Wake now secure in my lodge, I expect I shall grow closer to learning the answers to these questions, assuming he cooperates, which is proving quite the challenge. So I, I can kind of make an assumption or a theory so far about what the darkness did to Hartman is that Hartman was evil, yes, but still had the arrogance that he his his knowledge, his desire for knowledge, albeit through evil means, would be a, a force to fight the darkness. But so the darkness came to him and made him a rambling, shambling nothing, yeah. and left him. Yeah, that's what you get. Which is pretty much like a pretty good good way for a Hartman story to end, right? You know, it's fine, it's whatever. Um, yeah, I'm still a bit gutted we didn't get to like fighting him and kill him in Alan Wake, but it is the way it is. It's good to know. So after Jesse hears his tape recording, she journeys on, and then she hears it, a stomping, a gravelly voice, not quite the distorted sound of the hiss, but similar. Baby, 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 yeah, orange peel. Egg. And she... <laughs> trying to be spooky. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so, uh, after she hears it, she finally sees the Hartman thing. Oh, gosh. That is Emil Hartman you're looking at right now. Who's that? Oh, it's just a guy. Don't worry about him. 
we have guys? Uh, you sometimes okay, fine. Over the course of the game, sometimes you can summon FPC soldiers to help you in fights. It doesn't. That guy's not important. Oh. What's important is this, I the Hartman think, thing. I mean, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. He's co he's the coolest monster design Remedy's so ever done. So For anyone listening along, he's about twelve feet tall, hunched over. He's a sort of grey, fleshy-looking thing. He's he's got Hartman's sort of face, but it's twisted. Twisted sort of 90 degrees round. He's got these huge long arms with massive fingers that sort of drape to the floor. And on, a, on his back, there is an outturned rib cage. Yep. Like his ribs have been turned the other way around and pulled out his back. This is what happens when you take two entities and smash them together. This is a hiss and a taken at the same time. And it's, it's a... It's a... A haken. A haken. Great. It's a kiss. This is what people tune in for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think what's important is, and you don't, I'm afraid I don't have the, an example here, but because typically the, the, this is one encounter with him, you will meet him a few times. But typically, because of the way that there's darkness in a lot of the levels, the way that Shadow casts the light, it looks like Hartman has antlers because of that ribcage. Oh, it's very so cool, cool the way his shadow looks and the way his silhouette He's looks. He's giving me... Resi boss. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. This whole DLC is giving me a bit Resi vibes. Mm. I totally get that. Um, so yeah, um, he he stalks the halls down here. We know he broke loose. This is what has been in investigations for God knows how long. Just roaming. And the oldest house almost like locked investigations away so this mm. thing couldn't get out. But now Jesse's stuck down here with him. So this is the Hartman thing. It's a Resi monster. Better than any modern resin monster we've seen. So, and thankfully, sorry, do you have something to say that? Jess? I, I I was gonna say, um, does it does it stalk you through the holes? No, it does not. So it's not a consistent threat. It's not. A, it's not fashion. a Mr. X type thing. That's that's no. honestly what I was thinking yeah. when I saw this. Was no, oh, it's, it's not like Mr. X. Oh. It will pop up at certain moments, but you hear it, and the way that the whole expansion is framed, it does kind of feel like it's is, always there. As, as the only person in the room who's played it, and mm. I know you're a bit of a horror game aficionado. Um, for people that don't know, um, is it scary? This is the scariest remedy has ever been. I was not crapping myself, but I was quite tense. Do you think the fights are very tense? And I'll explain them when we get to. Given them. that they have specifically labeled Alan Wake two as a survival horror, horror, yeah. Do you think that this is showing a trend into like will? Do you think Alan Wake two will be quite scary? I hope so. It needs to do more because than this to be game, scary. The first game is horror. It claims it's it horror. Is, you might it's not find spooky. it scary. Spooky. It is horror. Yeah. It's it's sort of existential. It's closer freaking... to like your old like gothic kind of horror. Yeah, and so it, survival. Alan Wake is spooky. You it's could not scary. you could still do yeah. the setting of Alan Wake, or the same level of fear as Alan Wake one, just with the survival part of it. All that means is freaking resource management yeah. and and certain design of spaces and. I think I, I think they've got the the, the, the teaser trailer did, did kind of a lot of the talking and by look by the time that this episode is released. I have a suspicion we'll see gameplay yeah. because this Summer will release after Summer Games Fest. And I think we're going to get an announcement trailer. We're going to get at least a better cinematic trailer than what we got. We're going to talk about the trailer at the end. We're going to talk about Alan Wake 2 at the end of this. But um, I believe that Remedy have the chops to pull it off. We've met the Hartman thing. It's here. It's spooky. It is by far the best monster design that Remedy has ever done, in my opinion. I, I it is agree. also the best boss fight that Remedy has ever done, in my opinion. Remedy do not do good boss fights. They don't. Control doesn't have 
any good boss. Just lots of spawning enemies in it, and they do. They rely on all the floating orbs and bloody. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot of classic boss fight sins. The beauty of Alan Wake's ending, the the original Alan Wake, is that they just go, "No final boss. We're doing story. Story is what matters." And I really appreciate that. They just go, "Right, the point of this is the story." Yeah. Yeah. This had Hartman is the best boss fight in the entire Remedy has ever done, and I'm including Max Payne in that. So the Hartman thing is down here, and the, basically the, the plot almost of AWE is to hunt this thing and kill it. But while we do that, we learn lots of fun lore. So, uh, thankfully, the Hartman thing gets explained a little more by a hotline call from Alan. He's going to pop up a few more times. So Alan writes, and he says, and bear in mind, anything Alan writes is what comes true. So Alan is nudging things in the right direction. Any explanation he says is canon. We have to believe it. So, the resonance, the hiss carves its way through the thing that had been Hartman, vibrating. The sound changes the darkness, and the darkness changes the sound, remoulding. They both changed what remained of Hartman. They both turned into something else, a third thing. Hartman was stretched, stretched like anyone would seem from out of time, like a worm through time, like an Ouroboros, a spiral, a maelstrom. I'm, I'm sorry, like, like a worm through time? Mm-hmm. Is that not a hiss thing? It is. Did Alan write the hiss thing? Well, well Alan's aware of the hiss thing, isn't he? Yeah, it? he has referenced the hiss a few times. Well, he's referencing it right now. So, like an Ouroboros, a spiral, a maelstrom, twisting a inward. The spiral, like mm-hmm. the door. A maelstrom, twisting inward, tightening. Just to clarify for anyone listening, I'm right in thinking the Euroboros is the, the snake eating its own tail end. Exactly yeah. that, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, thank you for the clarification. Um, so, twisting inward, tightening. The third thing, the thing that had been Hartman, said... When you hear this, you will know you're a new you. It said, baby, 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 yeah. It said, we build you till nothing remains. It said, orange peel. It said egg. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so it, it doesn't like it, it had to say egg. Yeah. I don't know why today you seem to have replaced egg with orange peel. No, orange peel does pop up a lot of times, and orange peel is the one what he references. He doesn't say uh, egg. Well, Alan is missing out. Missing yeah. a trick. Missing a trick. We had enough eggs at the diner, maybe. Yeah. The third thing was a monster. Alan says. Now he crashed out of darkness towards Faden, but there was nothing ordinary about Faden. And ordinary is capitalized in the subtitles, so that's quite cute. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. That is quite the opposite. Unless it's a lie that she's from ordinary. Yeah. So a few minutes after this call, Jesse's locked in a dark room with the Hartman thing. It's the first of a few brilliant boss fights that we have with him. We need to use the light to weaken him, but doing that just makes him as strong as the hiss. So you're technically fighting two entities at once. So are you sort of, by shining the light in him, you're turning him more into the Hiss self? And if he's a Hiss, Jesse could hurt him. But if he's cloaked in darkness, he can't be hurt. And all of his fights are like in dark rooms, and you got to run over and turn a generator on and then blast him quickly and run over. And it is legitimately harrowing. The music is horrific. It's like, a, it is like a Hiss, but like to a higher resonance. You hear like, in almost in the background, like... I don't think I ever talked about it in Alan Wake, but whenever you burn Hiss away, it shrieks. This horrible shrill shriek. And so so you're burning that away, and that's almost like bubbling away in the background of the music. The lights are flashing, the generators are going off. You're, You're trying to get away from this thing. It's fantastic. So, it's really cool. But while we fight, he's rambling off Hiss incantation, and curiously, Alan Wake's writing at the same time. 
So it's saying the baby, 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 yeah, it's saying time is an egg, all that sort of thing. But it's also just kind of yelling occasionally, a third thing, Hartman was stretched, etc. So Jessie manages to hurt it, but it gets away. And as she's prepping to continue her hunt, a friendly voice pops up on the comms. Pope. Pope. No, 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 not Pope, unfortunately. Boo. Yeah, I know. Boo. Instead, it's our least favorite member of the SLT of FBC. Or not even, he's not even an SLT member. Langston, the head of the Panopticon. Oh, he's yeah. Like, what, oh. Are, what are you doing in investigation? Completely forgot about Langston. 100%. Yeah, that makes sense. The guy that loves his cat, right? That's all you yeah. really know about Langston. So he's like, what are you doing in investigations? And Jesse craps her pants and is like, Jesus, don't scare me like that, Langston. I'm tracking a monster in here. And he's like, wait. Did you see Dr. Hartman? Jesus, I really wish you hadn't unsealed that sector. I forget the medical word for what happened, but light hurts him now, so do you have a flashlight? And Jess is like, no, but I've been using the emergency light. That would be way too Alan Wake. Way too Alan Wake. Yeah, so, and Jess is like, no, 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 but I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm using the emergency light. And he lands and cuts her off. And he goes, do you have a lantern? A headlamp? Flare gun? Ooh, Christmas lights. You can wrap them around you. Ha ha ha, nice reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Barry Wheeler. Very good. Um, so, Lang so, yeah, he's like, oh, this is kind of exciting, right? I'm like your man in the chair for this one. And Jess is like, sure, man, whatever. I know, they, they've tried to play him off as a sort of cute lonely nerd in my head he is a sort of evil prison warden thus i hate him oh no no he's not that yes that he's the head of the panopticon he's basically yeah, but, a you know in charge of but keeping there's only one person unwilling there. unwilling unwitting conscious creatures no there aren't one they're not just one consciousness no, in there no 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 as in no 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 prisoners. you don't know that you don't know that oh, Dylan. Yeah, there yeah. were there were other consciousnesses in there there were gods in there like mm -hmm, in my mm -hmm. in my mind he's a sort of dickish prison prison warden and i yeah, don't like yeah he's also the only one that treats them well to give him like he he does actively quite he finds them quite endearing he talk remember about he it. sings to them yeah he does he sings to them participation in the fascist machine i remember <laughs> <laughs> i don't forget if he if he doesn't sing to them and doesn't treat them nicely they do turn into knife reins so you know you got to be <laughs> <laughs> he deserves some knife reins. so so Lang, Lang, langston talks a wee bit more right and he's like oh my god this is so exciting so he opens up a bunch of doorways for us so we can keep exploring the investigation sector and he's our guy in the chair for the rest of the dlc and he's like right. so so langston uh, he chats away and he's like i'm so happy to have someone to talk to since i got put in charge of the panopticon everyone started treating me funny like i'm weird to want to work with altered items i don't mean to brag but it takes a very empathetic mind to handle them i want to flag that all of this it's is very empathetic neil <laughs> So he's, it, all this is coming out of the speaker system. We're in gameplay at this point, and we can leave at any time, right? But, <laughs> but he continues. So he's like, oh, it takes a very empathetic mind to if, if we walk away, does he know that, or does he just kind of keep going as we walk away? He keeps going. Uh, so, yeah, so he's like, oh, a very empathetic mind to handle them. Uh, I love the altered items. They're great. They're not so bad once you get to know them. We're supposed to be on the same team, but sometimes it feels like every department's only in it for themselves. Investigations were obsessed with Bright Falls. Most AWEs are one and done, but not in that place. Stuff flares up pretty regularly. Three incidents since 1970, and that's just when we started tracking it. I got really interested when I heard Alan Wake was involved. I'm a huge fan. I was so pissed when he killed off Alex from Casey in the books. Makes sense, though. Apparently, he was a bit of a dick. Apparently, there were chapters of an unfinished manuscript floating around after Wake disappeared. People say they were cursed, which is a very discriminatory term for altered items, by the way. <laughs> Me? I keep my nose to the grind. I need to stay focused so I can get my work done and get home to feed my cat, Alfred. Of course, I don't always make it back home for mealtime, so I have my neighbor feed him around seven if I'm not back yet. She's very nice. Her name is Maria, and he goes on like this.
this for 10 further minutes. I, you get the idea. I love Langston and... Okay, I'm starting to come around on Langston. <laughs> not, not, not if, when I play this game, I will be listening to that full 10 minutes. Do it. Or you could just do it, just look, listen to the whole thing online because I've played this game twice now and both times I've Jeez. not listened to it. I love you and I have faith that you could do whatever you want in your life. You're never getting to this point. I agree. I completely agree because you have to beat getting, the game to get here. You're never getting 12 hours into a shooter. I'm mm. so sorry. <laughs> it is the funniest thing of like me and games. I plowed through 70 hours of Yakuza this week, yet yeah. can't get through an hour of control. Chase, Chase. Chase, I didn't get off Destiny Islands when I played the remastered Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I finished all of Final Fantasy XIV purely because you kept egging me on, Chase. So. I kept egging Egging? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, regardless. We leave Langston talking about his cat and his neighbor Maria and how she's very nice and she feeds I cat, think that right? Maria's going to be a main character in, in Alan Wake 2. I don't know, but then if she's, main, if she's a main character and you're Jesse, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Anyhow! <laughs> I think that uh, Control 2... I think that she's probably going to be the, the director. You need to do it more like Chase. It'll work if you do it. We'll no, because then it peaks. See, Monty, you're saying anyhow. Hmm. What you need to say is Two anyhow. Words. Sorry. Two words. Try again. Try again. No, we'll stop. Just, just try again. Try again. No, we're not going to stop until you try again. Anyhow. Thank you. So we leave Langston. All right? <laughs> Don't. We fight some hiss, burn some darkness, hunt for hunt Hartman. It's all good. We find a screenplay for a Night Springs episode written by Alan Wake. And if you cash your mind back to Alan Wake, I Barry said that, that it was his first ever writing gig, yeah, writing an episode. Yeah. It's all very fun. Um, but it's, it's pretty... I'm not, I've not got the full script here. I'm not going to read it to you. But it's interesting that what Alan writes about in that Night Springs episode is ironically kind of... It's about a monster being kept captive and breaking free and... He's kind of writing the Hartman thing that happens, which is very cool. Um, I don't really want to get to the implications of that. I don't think it matters. I think it's Bit just... Bit of a cute. coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so pretty neat stuff. Uh, there's a ghost train side quest. Again, yeah, I'm not getting into it. A haunted arcade machine. You don't need to worry about any of that. But here is a side quest that is actually pretty cool. So we find uh, uh, an interview between an FBC interrogator and a prisoner where it seems like something's gone wrong with the poor guy. So the interrogator's like, okay, we're going to try this one more time and then we're done with you. Do you understand? The interrogator's so tired by this point. And the prisoner goes, jelly. And the interrogator asks, where are you from? And the prisoner says, jumble grand, up and lucid, heavy treat sandwich. And the interrogator's like, Jesus Christ, does anyone have any idea what this thing is saying? And then the prisoner goes, hotly. And then it sounds kind of offended. It goes, Dirt arrange you? Is this a sim? It <laughs> <laughs> does kind of sound like a sim, doesn't it? So yeah, the, the prisoner's like, so the, the, the guy's like, Jesus Christ, everyone have any idea what this thing's saying? And the prisoner's like, hotly, dirt arrange you? And then the interrogator goes, why are you here? What do you want? Why did you stow away on that ship? And then the prisoner suddenly sounds very grave. And it goes, school bearing. Boy, boy. <laughs> so the ship in question. What? Is the Apollo 14 NASA craft. Oh! Yeah. God damn! That's what? awesome! Yeah, so one of our fight, our Hartman fights, is actually in a room where the FBC have recreated this craft, and it's like on a fake moon, and it's got a Oh, I thought, I thought we were about to say that this is where the FBC faked the moon landing. No, to be fair, that is probably what a lot of people think when you enter this arena, yeah. but that's not the idea. No, they've recreated Apollo this craft. Apollo 14 wasn't the first moon landing, was it? That would be uh, Apollo 1. Great. Was it 11? Uh, 
11, oh, I think it was 11, now that you say that. Let us know in the comments, because clearly none of us know the history. Ameri Chase specifically is American. This is like one of the most defining moments of your country. You should know this. But regardless, <laughs> Apollo. So, uh, yeah, so, so it's interesting. Though. So one of our Hartman fights happens here, and then when we kill it, you can see the Hartman silhouette here. Um, and when we defeat it, uh, we can explore this area a I bit. I like Hartman sat there with this sassy little pose of his hands on his hips going... Yeah, Look at yeah, this yeah, yeah. stupid little, little moon module. I hate <laughs> it. It's so stupid. So just to go, rewind slightly, sure. an investigator was interviewing an entity that had come back and stowed on away this. on one of the Apollo missions. Yes, it is literally From the moon or space. It's an alien, yeah. Also, terrible investigating. If this is presumably the first time we have interviewed, maybe the first time that in this universe there's been a, a moon entity interviewed, an alien, why are you sitting there getting openly frustrated at it? You're terrible at your job. Because school shit boy boy. <laughs> no, school bearing boy boy. School bearing boy boy. Don't arrange you. <laughs> Get freaking Amy Adams in to interview this thing and do some language stuff. I it's very cool. So, so here's a memo explaining what the hell happened, right? So the memo reads... The Apollo 14 entity, commonly known as Fra, so that's what we're going to call uh, the, the Fra, F-R-A, Fra. We're going to call the prisoner that from now on, Fra. Underwent a series of physical examinations upon its admittance into the oldest house. This entity can speak, though its poor grasp of the English language makes any meaningful communication impossible. Its physical form consists solely of the spacesuit used by NASA astronauts. So that's all it's wearing, the spacesuit and a helmet. We don't get to see what this thing looks like. It's entirely hollow and pieces can be removed, though this seems to agitate the entity. X-ray imaging has shown redacted shaped outlines existing within the suit. It's not hexagonal, is it? <laughs> no idea. No idea. It's redacted. So yeah, but we can even find Fra. We don't necessarily get to see him or her, them. We don't get to see them. They're behind like a, a locked door. Um, we Yeah, so we, we can't see them because their prison cell is sealed off and we can't get into it. The button's not working because the power's out because darkness, etc. right? But using the comms, which seem to be powered on, don't question it. They tell us that, quote, a gerbil took the top head. Jesse sits off, sets off on a fetch quest and brings them a bunch of of stuff. And as a player, you can find anything you want and bring it back to Fra. Um, oh. So you can find toilet paper, a bottle of scotch, but eventually, a bottle of adult juice rather, but eventually figures out that they want, he wants a space helmet. Oh. So she brings the space helmet back that to top Fra. Top head. So top that head. makes sense, that thing that they're saying. Top head helmet. That, like, yeah. that makes logical sense. Gerbil took the top head. Gerbil, gerbil in this case, is the, well, it's the FBC, I guess. But yeah. I don't, or man, or person, or creature, but Gerbil. Gerbil took the top head. So we take the space, the space helmet, and we bring it back to Fra, and we put it, like, into the cell. Again, we don't see what it looks like, but presumably it's a space suit without missing the helmet. Yeah. And uh, she pushes it through, and when you do, Fra is like, um, Lady, you are school and dirt for loosing. Tubes. And, the quest, <laughs> and then the quest ends. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. But awesome, silly, right? Yeah, so good fun. Um, so anyway, Jesse finds some more interesting collectibles. Uh, and the first is a summary of an interview with Alice Wake. After reaching out to the Bureau, it says, Alice Wake was brought into the oldest house for an interview in 2017. Oh, she's been there. Mm. 
The interview revealed that Mrs. Wake lost her camera during the Bright Falls incident of 2010. It has been filed as a potential altered item, and research staff stationed at Bright Falls are to be on the lookout for it. She also tells us that she's had recurring nightly, quote, visitations from her missing ex-husband in her New York apartment. Mr. Wake, quote, appears out of nowhere and rushes at her down the corridor. According to her impression, he appears, quote, crazy and horrifying, clearly coming at her with violent intent. Mrs. Wake believes that he is haunting her, insisting he is, quote, not Alan, but a monster in his body. Mrs. Wake has not been sleeping out of the fear of these visits. Her attempts to keep the lights on through the night result in the relevant hallway's light bulb breaking every night. Being a photographer, Mrs. Wake positioned cameras with motion sensors around her apartment. It appears she has caught an image of Mr. Wake on film. And we get to see the picture. Oh, yes. Oh, frick. He looks spooky. Yeah, so we anyone listening along, we are looking at a deranged looking Alan. I mean, uh, the temptation is to say this is Scratch because of the monster. I would believe it. However, this looks much more like the uh, exhausted, been there for 10 years Alan that we know is in the lake. And also, why would Scratch be there running at her as a vision with murderous intent and then disappearing? Well, whereas this, whereas this is Alan with the beard screaming into the camera, eyes wide, manic whites of the eyes. It's a really creepy picture. It really is. Assumedly, yeah. Scratch, though, would want to torment anybody that Alan cares about. And I'm pretty sure that Scratch has said that in the past. That he he has said that. Oh, okay. He's also okay. stated openly that he is watching Alice from a distance, and he has, in American Nightmare, he does say that he has been letting her see him when he wants to be seen. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this is Scratch or not. I personally believe it is. I'll be shocked if it's not, because I can't think of a reason why the real Alan would be running at Alice with murderous intent. Because it's also important to note that Alice doesn't say this happens in dreams. It just happens. Yeah. So it's Scratch probably yeah, using I, his powers. I, I, I'm, I'm swayed. And simultaneously, yeah. there's like, whilst yes, that looks like ten years in the Lake Allen. There's no reason that we can't say Scratch can change his form. I am. I, yeah. I want to be be clear on this, right? I I choose to believe this is Scratch, unless I'm told otherwise. And the reason why you I also say get that, rid of the picture. It's very creepy. It is creepy. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll move on in a second, but. <laughs> I choose to believe this is Scratch for two reasons. Number one is, well, the only reason is because it means that American Nightmare didn't kill Scratch. And I don't want American Nightmare no, to no, have killed I, I, Scratch. No, I wouldn't have thought so. No. no. And then if that's the case... Not a perfect. chance is Scratch not a I'm main really antagonist in Alan too. He's got to be. What's, the, what's the name of our actor? I keep forgetting. Our, uh, Ilka Vili. Ilka the, Vili, who, who, who previously hasn't had to do this. I'm really impressed with the kind of facial it's great, manipulation. It? It's like really great face acting. Um, and the blur, like the flash yeah. caught him as he's screaming at it. Oh, it's yeah. so Can we good. move the picture so Chase isn't scared anymore? Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to move on. I don't, so want, I don't want that for you. Th- don't, don't want me to be a scared little boy. Eventually, Langston calls us up on the comms and he's like, uh, Director Phaeton, the Bright Falls AWE site has just lit up on the monitors. Oh, oh yes. Really important to note, we're not talking about Bright Falls as we know it. It's a recreation. Okay, so it's a part of the oldest house he's talking about. Okay. So the motion sensors have gone off. And he's like, looks like there's like a breach. I think that's where Hartman is now. And Jesse follows a trail of carnage to take him down once and for all. This is our final fight with Hartman. And that trail forces her to pass through the Ocean View Motel. Where she sees Alan one more time. I've forgotten again, Alan sobs. I had a plan. I know it. But I've forgotten. 
He stands alone in a room. He's coming, he says. I've got to get out of here. I've got to dive deeper. He's interrupted by a live action clip. A scream, a terrified, angry scream. His scream. And it does look similar to the Mr. Scratch picture. In fact, you could argue it's the same picture. I still choose to believe it's Scratch. See, that's made me kind of go back the other way. We're not going to get an answer either way. No, 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 no. no, I'm fine with that. This is, I'm being teased right to the edge. Because the the argument could be, to go back to it for a second, the argument could be that perhaps it is just Alan, like, trying to, like, burst out of the dark place. Yeah, he's violently trying to get, he's tried everything over 10 years. This violent, crazed look in his eyes. Tracks, give me one second. Can you open mine? Yes, sir. I'm one ahead of you, sorry. I'm feeling tipsy. So, yeah, so Alan's having a bad time of it, and he's like, I've forgotten, he's coming, and then there's a cut where Alan, like, freaks out, and we see a live-action clip, um, and then uh, Alan calls us one more time on the hotline. It's, it's, listen, when Ilka Billy's involved, it's always a hotline. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I prefer Matthew Peretta, personally, uh, the darling actor. Yeah, me too, yeah, but, me too. you know, I... Uh... Yeah, those broad shoulders, oh my god. Uh, I saw a great comment just very quickly on one of the YouTube videos I was watching in preparation for this uh, that was like, there was a top pink comment. It was like, the biggest twist of control is like how jacked Darling is. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> we kind of, we, we, there was a collective, oh, from us when he took his shirt off. <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, so so Alan calls Jesse one more time with a hotline as she's in the Ocean View Motel. Um, and we get him saying, The story needed many beginnings, many springs, streams that turned into a river, a flood, and then an ocean. This was one. Wake used the materials he had, he wrote. The connections he had with people, places. Wake put them in to make it true. His wife, the psychiatrist, his city. These connections, like magnets, moved things. Alice had been a conduit, a magnet. She'd been in the dark place. When the FBC brought her in to talk about Wake's disappearance, the Hartman thing sensed her near. Went berserk. Broke loose. Wake made sure Alice was already gone by then. Safe. Wake had to escape. Write his escape. He needed a hero. And a hero needed a crisis. He needed a Max Payne. He needed a Jesse. Yeah. And Jesse needed a crisis to arrive at the oldest house. Did Alan Wake release the hiss? For the part of the story about the government agency, Wake needed something special. Something to convey an alien force mimicking human intelligence. Something that can't be translated. Wake cut up sentences and words. Orange peel. You are home. Insane. Egg. He put them in a shoebox. He pulled out the words. Wake created a Dadaist poem. He'd try anything once. Wake wrote the incantation. Alan Wake... 1 million percent wrote the hiss incantation. So my belief... Because, right. Yeah, yeah, hit me, hit me. What do you we, think of We are in a, a, The hiss are, are from an entity in another dimension. Mm-hmm. That thing already existed before Alan. That yes. is a, a supernatural, godlike sort of uh, uh, evil being. But Alan might have given them a lens with which to kind of... Yeah. How much power does Alan have... He Alan comes it. across as a Alan's god at this point. The, he he can nudge things. He cannot create necessarily. He can't create. But it seems like he is. Even if the hiss was there originally, it seems like he has completely remolded what the hiss Alan is. Alan is, in a sense, the the most powerful <clears throat> para utilitarian we've seen in one sense. However, yeah. 
Jesse could kill him in a fight in two seconds flat. So it's kind of like, yeah. yeah, they have very different um, types of power. Yeah. So yeah. so Alan literally like put a, put a bunch of, made a bunch of senses, put them in the shoebox, pulled them out, and was like, right, his incantation. There you go. What he did was he gave the he gave the his shape. They existed in this other dimension prior. Hedron existed. Polaris existed. Yeah. Jesse existed. That story existed. But this, this was, was like, just I one of his to, many stories. Just one of his many stories. He the idea was that he needs a hero to rescue him from the dark place, and he kind of looked out across the universe through the dark yeah. presence of the cauldron, saw Jesse, saw her backstory, and went right. You, but I need to make you a hero. I need to I need to create a hero's journey for you. So the his release already happened, but he gave it dimension. And he gave the his dimension. I say with the orange peel stuff and all that nonsense. He just gave the his dimension. Is the way I choose to interpret it. There are people who believe yes. People who believe that Alan Wake did in fact write the events of Control, but I would argue that that grossly misunderstands the level of power Alan has. He can't create right now. He might learn to, but he can't create. He can just nudge things in the right direction. There's no precedent for him creating something from scratch. Mm. Mr. Scratch. Yeah, ah, yeah we but, should not use that yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> so regardless, uh, Jessie takes a couple of steps back from the motel door. And she's like, whatever's going on with Wake, he clearly needs some help. And then leaves the Ocean View Motel, eventually arriving in the Bright Falls sector of the oldest house. The Bright Falls AWE is quite literally a recreation of Hartman's Lodge, just like the FBC made for the town of Ordinary. Hartman is stomping around in here, moaning, lost. The lights are cut out initially, and Jesse fights him one last time. And it's a tough boss, arguably the toughest and best that Remedy's ever made. But when all is said and done, Jesse destroys Hartman. She doesn't just kill him, she unmakes him. She zaps him with light and bullets all at once, and his body evaporates into nothingness with a deathly screech. And with his death, we cut to black, and we hear Jesse's voice. And this is the end. Hartman won't be a problem anymore, Langston, she reports him. But investigations need someone to run it. Are you interested? And Langston is like, hell no, who's going to feed Albert? But then he's distracted, and he goes... Uh, ma'am, I'm getting something on my terminal here. An AWE alert from Bright Falls, Washington. <gasps> but it might be a glitch. I mean, the date's all wrong. It's, it's a couple of years in the future. <gasps> Not to mention we're in lockdown. There shouldn't be any incoming signals from anywhere. Maybe it was active before we went into lockdown, Jesse theorizes. Are there any agents on site in Bright Falls? And Langston says... Agent Estevez is the field agent in charge of monitoring the site. She should be there to let us know if there have been any major changes. The conversation fades away as an image of the spiral door bleeds on screen. And images flash and it took me an hour, but I got them. Lightning crackling. Alan Wake's face almost splitting itself apart. Spilled coffee with one of the symbols from the motel carved into the table. One of the doors. A person standing in a cave shining a torch, but mirrored. A person's arm, battered, bruised, with marks that show that they were restrained. A flash of a map. We don't get to see the whole thing, but we see a part of it, almost like it's outlined by the shape of a tree. Bright Falls and Watery are quite near to each other. They are. They're very close to each other. Uh, which is also, by the way, it's a tiny little detail, but you learn that in Alan Wake. 
it's outside the church. There's a mention of watery outside the church now. Does that say cult of the tree? Thank you, Chase. Yes, I was just getting to that. Exactly. We see a post-it note on it that says cult of the tree. The map shows us the state of Washington. We see Bright Falls on it and one other location, which is watery. So presumably, with what we've learned over the last two DLCs, cult of the tree might be a devotion to the original kind of idea of what the house and what the connection to the otherness was in the face of the kind of progress in science and 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 newness that has kind of overtaken yeah. it. Alan has clearly tapped into the FBC. He's clearly aware of like the rules and how it works and blah, blah, blah. So it makes sense that that will be factored into his story some, in some capacity. Mm, okay. Or it could be just a separate organization altogether, but we're not done. So Alan's voice sounds out across these images. Things set in motion, he says. If the alarm is true, then so is the reason for the alarm. The effect must follow the cause. It's happening again. A return. The Alan Wake theme plinks out. We hear, and then Alan says, you have been warned. And the credits roll. Damn. Very quickly, uh, we talked about Twin Peaks when we did Alan Wake. Uh, it's Happening Again yeah. is the poster for Twin Peaks Season 3, also known as Twin Peaks The Return. Yeah. Just a fun, oh. I think it's a little fun homage. But yeah, um, we're, yeah, we're not done by the way. Yeah. How far was it between this and the official announcement of Alan Wake 2? Oh, that's a good question. Later, and I will Google it and I will like, tell like you. Two years because I feel like at this point, this, that is an explicit confirmation of Alan Wake 2. It is. But, but, but we didn't have it. We, we didn't hear the words. But everyone was like, Ugh, but we didn't have the words yet. You know, we, we didn't believe it until we well, saw it. I suppose it could also be Control 2 featuring Alan Wake. Yeah. Uh, the AW expansion releases on August 27th, uh, 2020 it was. So they were a year out. But Langston did just say a couple of years. So it could be two to three years. Mm-hmm. Well, from the release of the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know until the official... VGA confirmation happened, which actually was last year, wasn't it? Uh, so yeah, like that was year. last year. So it was, uh, in fact, yeah, maybe like a month early because it was this was August and that was July. So it was about two years until they officially announced Alan Wake Two. So they've been on it for a while, which is great. Uh, but yeah, so I've got some stuff to talk about. I've got some Alan Wake Two stuff to talk about to wrap up, yes, if that's sir. okay, because I know that you've seen the Alan Wake Two trailer, but I don't think you've I, seen I, the Alan Wake Two trailer. I don't think I have. I think I deliberately didn't watch it. Oh well, you're in for a treat. I kind of glazed over it when the VGAs happened because I wasn't familiar enough at the time. Did I not go to bed during the VGAs early? You did. You, you did. Because for con- you for con- for too. context. We, we will often get together for these kind of video game showcases and stay up and have drinks and things, but we were all separately, I think we had work the next day, so we were all se- separately in our homes and uh, we were sort of messaging each other live during it. And I think I made the decision to go to bed right before the Alan Wake 2 trailer happened. You did, it was something like that. And you also missed uh, your, your reformed Orthodox rabbi. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bill Clinton. Yeah. Um, so, v- very quickly, I think it's important to note, because when this comes out, we are recording this long before the release date uh, of, 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 of this episode. Uh, we're, full exposure, we're, we're, we're doing this in, all, in April, um, monthly releases, etc. We're very lucky to be able to get together like once a well, weekend every quarter, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> we record them all in, in batches. Um, so, by the time, we're going to talk about the Alan Wake 2 teaser trailer. But by the time this comes out, there might be some new information that contradicts everything we talk about, right? But I just want to walk us through it because I feel pretty confident in a lot of this. So let's talk about Alan Wake 2 for a sec. So 
now that you're all caught up, you literally know almost everything that I know, except the trailer. So, after 13 years in the dark, we are finally going to get to play Alan Wake 2, Remedy's Baby, a survival horror game that you referenced earlier, Chase. At time of recording, we haven't seen much of it, and a tenor says we get a crap ton of information by the time this video comes out, but for now, I want to show you a couple of things. I want to tell you what we know so far. So first is, we got a reveal trailer. We see three still shots. This is the first. One is of a bloody crime scene in Bright Falls. I want to particularly point your attention to the tree on the left-hand side that has two triangles overlapping each other, almost like a pine tree. Cult of the tree. Cult of the tree. Also potentially like the two triangles overlapping. Also potentially the pyramid, but there's no inverted pyramid, which I think is worth acknowledging. Uh, I think Cult of the Tree is more important. Well, yes, I'm just wondering if it's potentially both. I think as a rule, and this might all change when I play Alan Wake 2, but as a rule, I'm not going into Alan Wake 2 expecting more explanation of control stuff at all. Uh, I think this is going to be pure Alan Wake stuff. Apart from the control, control facility that will be at Bright Falls. They might be, but remember, we're playing as Alan, and Alan is locked in the dark place. He's not walking about Bright Falls' AWE. Sure, but simultaneous, if he's aware of the FBC, he may use their terminology. True, absolutely. That's why control is important for Alan Wake 2. Definitely, AWE has to be important. But I'm not expecting for us to learn more about the board in Alan Wake Although, 2. Although I do think it's you know? interesting that I don't necessarily think that you need to have played control to go from Alan Wake 1 to 2. I agree, I, think I agree. there's a lot that fleshes, but I'm... Imme like, there's nothing in AWE that I think Alan Wake would be essential oh, rating. Rather. Alan Wake's appearance in Control explains more about the kind of Control universe than Control ever does about Alan Wake's universe. Yeah. You say that, but, um, so, uh, our next still shot is a city. We see a city. Not sure what city this is, but a lot of us are theorising that it's possibly New York. Two things to note here. One is the triangles again that Chase has just found fantastic. It's sprayed onto a phone booth in graffiti. Oh. No, it's Second. it's different triangles though. These, yeah, this, these this one looks like two inverted next to each other inverted. and next to each other. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Before it looked like an inverted pyramid. Like the ones before looked like pine tree. Yeah. This one looks like just two inverted pyramids. Yes. Kind of slightly overlapping. Um, but yeah, so this is the still shot. It's a city. We see two triangles again, exactly how Chase explained them. It's sprayed onto a phone booth with graffiti. The second... It's in the background. You can make out a sign that looks like it's saying what in red writing. What do you think that says in the background? Uh, I'm seeing C-E-A-R-V. It's not an R. C-E-A-N-V. Imagine that's an O. O-E-N-V. O-C-E-A-N-V. Ocean View Motel. Ocean View Motel. Absolutely. Uh, that is definitely the ocean view. We know that from concept art and a couple of reveals separate from this. That is 1 million percent saying ocean view. Oh, cool. So Alan has access to the ocean view, which we know from the AWE, but will that be a factor in gameplay? Well, Who knows? Well, I'm very curious. Alan has access to the ocean view. Alan can can he leave? Me. Can he leave the spiral door? Or I don't believe because he all can. he did was was push a note under. That's the furthest he's got, right? He's that's stuck in the dark. It, 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 it seems like he can get into the building, but he can't open the door. Yeah, it's also important to note that what we learned during AWE specifically is that Alan's mind is unraveled. Yeah, you know he doesn't I, know what's real. He doesn't know. I don't even think he like he barely remembered Mister Scratch he for a second. Barely remembers his name. Barely remembers yeah. his name. He did, yeah, exactly. So 
It's important to note that even if it's not, I don't think it's like Alan would find the ocean view, be like, okay, simple plan, break down the door, I get it to the oldest house, I get it to New York, I get back to Alice. Th those connecting dots, I don't think, would be made in his mind because he can't tell the difference between reality and fiction at this point. Yeah. Um, he can barely find his way through. The guy's a shell. So um, I'm really curious. <laughs> this might be going yeah. a bit meta. I'm wondering if the meta of fictional narrative is going to play into. I don't know, but I, what, what I can tell you... Like, is Control the real world, or is this a fiction that he is now living? The only way we do this, we could do this is, I've been reading a bit of Dark Tower recently, and I know that Stephen King pops up eventually, I've not reached that, but I think, I would be surprised if we get a Sam Lake, Stephen King sort of Dark Tower moment, where Sam Lake speaks to Alan or Jesse somehow. I would not be surprised oh. at this point. I don't think in Alan Wake 2, but I think that might be where we're going with it. I think it'd be very cool if we do that. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't believe that's going to happen. I just think it'd be cool if we did. Anyway, I'm not done with the trailer. So this is our second of three shots. Here's our third. Bright Falls. Triangles everywhere. <laughs> there are, I just for context, anyone listening along, uh, we're looking at a street, presumably Bright Falls, and there are sort of garlands hanging from the, the lampposts as if there's an event happening. And I was just referencing the little, the little triangular... Uh, what would you call those? Um, bunt bunting, bunting, yeah, the little yeah. flags that hang down from... So we see in this shot that it is Deerfest, specifically the 81st annual Deerfest. And for context, it was the 68th annual Deerfest oh. in Alan Wake oh, 1. Been a while. Yeah. So we know about 13 years have passed between Alan Wake 1 and Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake has been locked in the dark place for at least 13 years. Can we read that quote of the day? Yes, yes I, I can. can. Oh, okay. It seems that time in the dark place flows at the same rate as time in the real world. Oh, convenient. The other thing is this deli sign that Chase just pointed to, which is really difficult to make hang out. On, hang on, hang on. Why does that imply that? It doesn't imply that. We don't know he's in the dark place here. It no. The dark, a hundred years could have passed. It could be Narnia. A hundred years could have passed under the water and he could come back in 13 years and pass. Sorry, when I say real world, I mean our world. Right, okay. Like ah, what we're singing right now. Yeah. So so what we learned is that if this, because I presume that, I don't think this is Alan breaking out. Has, has, it, has it been 13 years since Alan Wake 1? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So regardless, but what's important is, yes, the Delhi sign, which is really difficult to make out, I know. But it says, quote of the day, your friends will meet him when you're gone. Mm, no, that's Who's Scratch. Yeah, it was Thomas Zane talking about Scratch in Alan Wake 1. He went, don't worry about him, he's Mr. Scratch. Your friends will meet him when you're gone. Which, as far as I'm concerned, Chase, you asked way back in Alan Wake, is Mr. Scratch going to be in Alan Wake 2? That's got to be confirmation. This guy still has to be about, and I think he's going to be our big bad. Mm, Makes sense. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not fully sold on big bad, but I'm sold on... One of Big Bad. He's a problem. Because a problem. The, solved, the main yeah. thing that we have been explicitly told now is that Scratch works for somebody. Yes. Well, Scratch is an avatar of an entity. So, so like, yeah. I could see Scratch being the primary villain we interact with. But I don't know if he is the big bad. We're not going to take it. down a Cthulhu-like entity, though, well, are we? Maybe we Cult, according to the maybe. final shots, Cult of the Tree seems to be a thing. And I think they're going to be the baddies. But I think Scratch is going to be, like, floating about as, like, the main antagonist while we're dealing with them as, like, our grunts. You know, we might be dealing with the Cult of the Tree plotline somehow, but Scratch keeps getting in the way okay, of that, okay. is my belief. But regardless, we're not done. So, Alan. We hear Alan's voice over these three shots. Uh, and he says, we all come to a story with hopes and expectations, looking for an answer. Sometimes it would be better to live with that hope without ever finding the story. I.e., you guys have been asking for Alan Wake 2 for a while, but careful what you wish for. 
This is not the story you want it to be, he says. This story will eat you alive. We cut to a close-up of Alan's face. Just want to acknowledge how stunning this looks, for a start. I know it's a concept trailer, but my god. He looks yeah. like Keanu Reeves. He does a little bit. Yeah, he, looks like, he looks like Justin Long playing Keanu Reeves in John Wick. So he's holding a, a, an, an unshaded lamp in one hand, and he stares into the distance terrified. Almost like Alan is having an asthma attack. He's gasping so much. He's like... As he raises the thing above him, he stares into the distance. Something is coming for him, and he's looking at it, and he's crapping it. And he says, this story, and he whispers it. He says, this story is a monster. And monsters wear many faces. Oh, sick. Jump scare. We see a close-up of a man that looks like Alan, blood on his teeth and drizzling between, uh, blood drizzling between his teeth. Presumably Scratch. Mm. Oh, uh, we're not quite done. Uh, at this time, they have released some concept art, which gives a little bit more insight. Ooh. So here's a fun thing. Uh, so they released some concept art. Here's one. Um, we see uh, some spooky woods with the triangle symbol returning. We see some city shots. That's Alan in a phone booth. Previously, in the previous still shot of the trailer, we know there's graffiti triangles on the side of that phone booth. Mm. Um, we also see just like some generally like sexy looking imagery. Ocean now, confirmed, oh, definitely lot, yeah. ocean. Um, so that's Alan in the city on a rooftop looking at ocean. Um, yeah, it just looks really good. It's all very sexy. Um, but then they showed us this. Oh no. Oh God. Yeah, this is the last one I've got for you. Oh. Could either of you describe it? Chase, would you um, like to take this one? It's a gnarled over old lady in kind of a ratty dress. Her hair is very ratty. She's in a sewer with a bunch of splashing water everywhere. And she is knitting a bunch of red uh, raggedy strings that are kind of, sort of like, all throughout the water at her feet. She's like got ghostly dead flesh and yeah. is staring through like blank eyes. But especially, what does she not look like? Human? Uh, true, but like what enemy type does she not look like? Uh, darkness. Taken. Taken. She, doesn't, she does not look like the Taken and she doesn't look like the Hiss. So I think he's going to face a different entity in here. Well, presumably he's... This, this may be... Which is very exciting. This may be trying to connect threads that have absolutely zero connection. Mm. I'm wondering if this is the, uh, the not-mother. Ooh, oh. I would kill! Because that's a lot of knotted string at her feet. Oh, I want to... <laughs> I, I assumed it was not N-O-T. It is N-O-T. Oh, uh, is I it? was never clear, sorry. Not okay. mother as in, she's not a mother. I'm still getting yeah. motherly vibes. I'm wondering if potentially, you know, if we've now had the hiss in the yeah. darkness, I don't think there's anything to say the hiss won't appear in some fashion. Yeah. And I, I'm wondering if the not mother, especially... Well, presumably Alan has faced all sorts of fictional, horrible, possible things. Yeah. We know that the dark place doesn't just hold the dark presence. Mm. There are other entities down here, and I'm hoping we meet God, more than he's one. had the worst time. Granted, oh, he has. Is this Some of them created by him, potentially. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Granted, is this probably somebody entirely new? Probably, yes. <laughs> but I'll dream and think anyway. But uh, that's, that's all I have for you. I've got one final thing before we finish off. I just want to go back to talking about the hero's journey for a sec. So, no, not at all. This is the, That's the last clip I have. Um, so... Just very quickly, um, I, again, I was planning to do all the clarifications at the end, but I thought it was important to flag just a few things early. But I do have sure. one final thing, which is when we talk about the sort of stories that the lake likes, 
Um, I want to flag that the hero's journey crops up time and time again with Alan Wake stuff, and mainly just saying that you were totally right here, Chase. You mentioned the hero's story during Alan Wake, and I think you're spot on. Because, for example, it's on the blackboard in Quantum Break, uh, that little Easter egg in the university mentions the hero's journey. Um, the hero journey has three acts, right? Typically known as Departure, which is the title of Alan's manuscript in Alan Wake 1. Initiation and Return. They're the three. So we know that Alan did Departure during Alan Wake 1. We know that Return is coming in Alan Wake 2. So presumably that long period of time where we get American Nightmare and AWE, and that's been Initiation. Since, yeah. So that's been initiation. Those little. Well, I fragments. guess you've now been initiated to all the concepts necessary for the return. I agree. That's a really good point. Yeah. So Alan's manuscript in the original is the title Departure. We know that he sits down to try and write Return at the end of the uh, Alan Wake DLC. Um, so the process of writing Return is the initiation stage. So. Alan Wake 1 is Departure, the DLC American Nightmare, Quantum Break, Controls DLC, that's all initiation, and presumably Alan Wake 2 will hopefully, for his sake, be Return. Um, but you asked what the lake likes, Chase. The lake likes conventional narrative structure. Stuff like the hero's journey. Or a horror story where the hero sacrifices themselves at the end. Again, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm backtracking on a lot of what I said in that earlier stuff, just to be clear. So if we take that at face value, if we think the Return is going to be Alan Wake 2, we can use the hero's journey to predict what might happen in Alan Wake 2. So to finish off, I just want to give a quick thing on this. So in return, that stage, the hero can finish their story, arguably, in one of four ways. Number one is the refusal of return. A character decides to stay where they are. Number two is the magic flight, or otherwise known as like a perilous race or chase escaping. Rescue from without is stage three. So think of the eagles that save Frodo and Sam at the end of Mordor, or perhaps maybe Jesse reaches in and pulls him from it. Or finally, resurrection. Think of Neo at the end of the Matrix trilogy, where like you die and you're reborn in a sense. And there are a couple of attributes given to a hero at the end of their journey. So two of them. Number one, you're either a master of two worlds, so maybe Alan will retain his abilities to shape reality even though he's escaped the dark place, which means then he can become a, a consistent part of the Remedyverse even though he's in mm -hmm. the real world and no longer trapped in the dark place. Mm -hmm. Or freedom to live. So again, to go back to Lord of the Rings, think of Frodo at the end of Lord of the Rings. You know, no more adventures. He's earned the right to live in peace before moving on with his that friends. That's a horrible analogy. Frodo one. doesn't like living in peace, and then Frodo goes off on more adventures. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. It's been years since I've read the books. I'm Fro thinking of the movies. Frodo, Frodo does find peace in the Shire. He's just forever... For like 10 years. He's just forever changed and in pain because of what happened. But he does find some peace. He doesn't settle fully, and he does move on. Look, Chase, the alternative I had here was Harry Potter, and I didn't really want to put a Harry Potter Fuck reference that. in here, because screw Harry Potter at this point. Yeah. We're all done with Harry Potter, so... But you get the idea. Freedom to live. Freedom to just live your own life separate from further adventures. Yeah. So my belief is that Alan will end this with Matt being a master of two worlds. It's the only way to keep him consistent in the control two and future remedy stuff. The one stuff. that I'm very curious is if we are going with the hero's journey of return being the final step, mm. is this a meta confirmation that this will be the last Alan Wake game? I don't Not know. to say that it's the end of Alan Wake himself, but will this be the last Alan Wake game? Potentially. I'm so excited for And then we'll just have future remedy narratives in which Alan is about. Put it this way, I think we will know by the end of Alan Wake 2. Because I wouldn't put it past Remedy to end Alan Wake 2 with another cliffhanger if they're going to do more Alan Wake. That but if true. they're planning not to, I think they'd end and go, 
End of story. Alan gets out. End of story. Because we have Control 2 coming too. He gets out. He becomes some ethereal in between being. There's like... He joins the board. Well. All we know is that there are two planned games from Remedy right now. One is Alan Wake, which is what's coming out this year. And and one is Control 2. Do you know... Do we have a timeline on that? No idea of Control 2. We got one bit of concept art which just kind of showed a bit of the bureau it didn't show anything really that interesting or or important or relevant yeah look it up uh, please do um but yeah so that's all i have we won't know more until alan wake 2 comes out and we will cover it not what do not expect an episode from lord dump on alan wake 2 when it comes oh, out control 2 has more floating bodies yeah it's just more floating bodies we tend to. but it looks like they're anchored maybe they they do look weighted down yeah so, I don't know. I don't know what that is. There's also no red light, and they're very pale. Yeah. So, it doesn't, I don't think it's the hiss. I think it'd be boring if we did the hiss again. We're done with the hiss for now. Maybe we'll learn a bit more about Polaris, but, like, I don't need more hiss. In my the life. hiss is a, a bit of a basic enemy now compared to some yeah. of the stuff we've seen. The Hraken. The Hraken? The Hraken. Or the Tiss. Are you talking about Hartman? I, I, well, Hartman is an example of the Hraken. The Hraken. Oh, I okay. see. Right, okay. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. You're right. So you guys are now officially caught up. That's it. You now know everything I know as of today of recording. I'm not hiding anything else from you. I've, I've, in fact, I've told you stuff that you probably... It doesn't even matter at this point, like Clay Stewart, you know, but you know everything. So hope you're hyped for Alan Wake too. I really um, enjoyed that. I feel like... How would I describe it? I had an illness and you brought the remedy and... <laughs> Fuck off. No, I like that a lot. I found the whole thing. You know how I describe this? How? Egg. (laughs) Right, go back to that well, why don't we? (laughs) I can't believe this has become a thing since Quantum Egg. Brought to you by Nissan. (laughs) (laughs) It's a deep cut. (laughs) Yeah, only like five people will get that reference because only five people are going to watch the Quantum Break episode. So it's fine. Um, Okay, yeah, no, we're going to finish up. Uh, What I will say is that, of course, we will come back and cover Alan Wake 2. Not this year. Are we ever going to cover Max Payne? Uh, One day, yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, maybe. If it becomes relevant, like, I don't think there's a net... It's not that interesting, and there's more... Like, Max Payne is fun, but, like, the gameplay is what carries Max Payne. The story is cool. It's not like Remedy, you know, it's not this. Dead kid, angry guy. Yeah. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. It's it's more the style and the way it's presented that makes it really cool. Like, Max Payne games are awesome, but I don't think they make fun lore dumps. No, exactly. um, there's better stuff to be covering uh, that we've already got, like, a long list of, so we're, we're fine. Um, we might need to now that Alex Casey's out in the world. Well, maybe, that's the thing. If yeah. Alex, if I play Alan Wake 2 and Alex Casey comes in and he, he's just Sam Lake mo-capped, I'm going to be like, right, okay, I guess I'll cover Blue I want Payne. bullet time. I yeah. need bullet time if that happens but i don't know i don't think that's going to be the case um i mean i will be surprised we've got the city shots for alan wake 2 so maybe it's alex casey like coming to rescue maybe he's written his character in coming to rescue alan i don't know i physically don't know i at this time of writing i'm fascinated to know when this goes live people are going to be sending comments be like oh my god can't believe that like like you know past monty not realizing that this is actually the direction and it's all about a rainbow village in the unicorn land or some Mm -hmm. nonsense i don't know because we know nothing else we know it's a survival horror game we know it's based what's based on the teaser trailer we know that presumably mr scratch will make an appearance and we know that it's probably the story of alan escaping the dark place hopefully for his goddamn sake it's all we know what I will say is, of course, we're going to cover Alan Wake 2, just not this year. Uh, it will come out next year, mainly because I'm going to want to be able to play it a couple of times, see if there's any DLC coming, you know, speak to Gaming University, um, you know, learn as much as possible about the theories. 
we will cover it next year, almost certainly. Um, but for now, we're going to say goodbye. But before we do, I want to do a little handover to Neil. Because of the for the first time in Lord Dump history, Neil, you are finally going to be in the chair, and you're finally going to be in leading a Lord Dump. Finally. One so, of us. One of us. One of you. It's. Are you kidding? It's time to take my revenge. <laughs> <laughs> So without spoiling what the game is, because we will play a clip in a couple of minutes, mm. can you just give us a little hint as to what, what we're in for? I hope you're ready for a rootin' tootin' rambling good time. Yeehaw! It's all very fun, no sadness in there, no, it's all good. No, good no, 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 nothing, nothing harrowing. Cool. I've picked a nice, easy, short project to uh, for my first time in the chair, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know what, screw that, I'd love to give our fans a tease. Go ahead. Roll the clip, Monty. Me. We get some money and get the hell out of there. That's the plan. I had a plan. I still have a plan. I ain't got a final plan yet. Well, what did y'all think of the tease? I'm frothing at the mouth with that tease. Yeah. Well, listen, we, we I have a I have a script to finish, but don't worry about that. I'll make the time. I have a plan. <laughs> And with that, we're going to say goodbye. Very good. Peace. Um, peace and uh, we will see you in the next one. Bye, everyone. Thanks Later. for listening.